$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest, my friend, Deirdre Quinn, who is the co-founder and CEO of one of my favorite, favorite apparel brands called Lafayette 148 New York, and so, so lucky that we're here today. This is a brand, as I said, is one of my favorites. Uh, She has a few stores around, but the one that I really enjoy going to is in Soho, where originally the brand kind of uh, incubated, and we'll get into a lot more about that, but she co-created the brand with some incredible co-founders and really has stayed true to her brand. It is one of the few genuinely vertically integrated fashion houses in the world. We'll talk to her about what that means to her. And I can't wait to learn more about how they've stayed so true to their mission while staying super classy and uh, a refreshing approach to design plus all of the lessons that she's gained in not only starting this company, but scaling the company over the years. So welcome, Deirdre. Thank you so much, Karen. Certainly, it's such a pleasure to see you again, to to do this with you, because I, I think we both are equal in the amount of passion we had for what we've built. Totally. Absolutely. So before we get too much uh, into all of the uh, backstory about you. I would love to talk about uh, what prompted you to take the leap into entrepreneurship. You know, it's it, it's funny. I didn't even realize I was doing that, but I did spend a lot of time the first probably 15 years of my career uh, working in um, other brands, whether it was, you know, Donna Karen. Uh, Liz Claiborne, uh, Escada, or Manjoldi Alzania. I had worked so much with other brands and, and sort of got a little burnout on it. I, I traveled extensively in the world, physically going around the world 11 times in one year, 70 countries, just 
it was always to find manufacturing less expensive. When I came back to New York after living a few years in Hong Kong, my present business partners uh, approached me about us um, becoming a vertical operation. So instead of looking for production all over the world, you know, I would put my energy into other areas like building a brand. Uh, they would manufacture everything, which we did in the beginning at 148 Lafayette Street, where the name came from. Uh, that was, you know, that was like for me, he was the entrepreneur. She was the entrepreneur because they were running their own factory. They had this business in lower Manhattan. I came with this sort of corporate background, ready to leave the industry and maybe go teach school. And honestly, it was a desk, a phone and a million dollars. And what are we going to call it? I didn't name it after myself because I'm not the designer. Um, and you know, we, we was, it was tough. The first five years were really tough. Um, we, needed more than 10 million and we figured it out. Uh, and then the planes went through the Twin Towers, not that far from the offices. So the decision to move the factory to his hometown in China uh, after 40 years in America was a big one. Uh, and honestly, that was a shot in the arm uh, that we got. And we were able to then build a 240,000 square foot manufacturing facility and become completely vertical in, in everything from knits to leathers to wovens. And, you know, if you, if you had my background and you want to become, you reinvent yourself, but being modern, well, being vertical was really uh, not what brands do. It's, it's, it's basically, do you own the restaurant, but do you also make the wine or buy the wine? Like mm -hmm. we, we were doing everything and we didn't make the fabrics, but we made everything else. Uh, I found out I was an entrepreneur when Ernst Young said, oh my God, you need to apply for the Entrepreneur of the Year. I was like, wow, entrepreneur, cool, that's cool. You know, I, I didn't think of myself as one, but now, you know, years, many years later, I, I get it. I am. You know what it takes to be, you know, that risk, that adrenaline, that focus, that team that you build. You know, I, I, can't, I don't think I can go back to not being an entrepreneur now, yeah. but I believed I learned it from amazing entrepreneurs. No, it's so, so true. So I was going to ask you this question later, but I'll jump in on it now. So the vertically integrated piece of this, did you intend on being vertically integrated or? A thousand percent. Yeah. From that the beginning. Was the that was what would differentiate us from the other people in the industry. Because nobody owned, uh, in, in apparel, very few companies are vertical. Mm -hmm. You know, they might own parts of a factory. And in some cases, some Europeans do own their own factories. But the culture that I grew up in was you would never want to own a factory. Mm -hmm. But I had these... The, the, these partners that knew how to run the factory. So that wasn't what I needed to do. So all of my career in running around, figuring out manufacturing, I didn't have to do anymore. Um, that alone was the biggest, best idea for me to say, okay, I'm in. And, you know, we're vertical to this day and it is, it is a game changer in being competitive. Definitely. So I don't recommend it to other people though. People have said to me, Oh, so should I buy a factory? I'm like, not unless you know how to run it. Yeah. I mean, it is a completely different business. And are you doing everything in China or you, are you still? Not a hundred percent. 
you know, we do our denim in LA. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, sustainable denim with an Italian supplier. We do our bags, belts, jewelry, scarves, uh, shoes in Italy. All right. We buy most of our fabrics from Italy. Um, and you know, the bulk of it is still in our own factory, but it's not a hundred percent. And some things we do in the Brooklyn Navy Yard because we moved over here about five years ago. I remember when you were talking about that. I think you and I saw each other at the EY conference and I think you were right in the midst of that. So that's, that's so. That was a great move for the company. We went from 10,000 square feet per floor. In on Lafayette Street, uh, which we had seven floors in the building, to coming to the Navy Yard. I mean, it takes it takes guts to leave New York and move to Brooklyn as a fashion company, but uh, we have one floor of seventy thousand feet. So the so I came to to sort of re take the money and put it into um, opening our own stores because our our biggest expense was is our, and still is our product. Uh-huh. Our second biggest expense is our people. The third biggest expense was the rent because, you know, Soho got expensive uh-huh. over the 22 years we were there. And I was like, you know, I really didn't want to change the product or the people. So instead we came over to the Navy Yard and saved enough money to open Madison Avenue and Manhasset. And, you know, today we have 12 uh, full price stores in the U.S. We have uh, 20 in China. So, so retail has been great expression of our brand and the ability for uh, us to so, sort of show who, who we are and, and what, what uh, the brand is all about. So you work for some incredible brands, Liz Claiborne, Donna Karen. You mentioned a few of these, Ascada. What do you think you took away from those experiences that makes you a better entrepreneur, leader, uh, CEO? Sure. You know, I used to tell people it was, it's really good if you, you want to start your own business to start by working for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's my advice. I, I think without that, that 15 years behind me, I, I wouldn't have been ready to do this job. Mm-hmm. So Liz Claiborne to me was the IBM of the garment industry. They, they had systems, they had processes, they, they were very merchant driven company. Um, you know, small percent was spent on marketing. Then I went over to Donna Karen and that was fashion, fashion, fashion. It was huge talent run by design, um, just exciting times. Um, it was very different. Then I went back to Liz and Liz was very successful. So the fun part was both worked. Donna, Donna, when they launched DKNY, I mean, they sell the clothes before they hit the stores. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very strongly marketing driven, but it was also a, both companies were about great product. Then starting, I worked for Italians and Germans and really learned their focus on product, their focus on, you know, uh, it, it was, it was unbelievably interesting how they develop their businesses. You know, they're, they have much more history in Europe. Um, brands are not, you know, quick. Okay. You know, unfortunately, when you, when you think about Liz Claiborne today, I don't, I don't even think it's around anymore, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it's owned by somebody. Um, you know, I, I learned that I want to build something unique, uh, something long-term, you know, this is, this is pretty much what I love to do. And I'm, you know, still young enough to, to, even though we survived the tough times of COVID, um, to, to rebuild and, and 
have that entrepreneurial attitude that you can uh, learn from the hard times and enjoy the good times once you figure it out. I want to share something that has truly transformed my life, Masterclass. I always want to stay learning. And with Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. From leadership skills to effective writing, learning to sing like Christina Aguilera, cooking with Tyler Florence, or even learning the art of comedy from Steve Martin. Classes from Masterclass are unbelievable, and the classes really do speak for themselves. You have to check them out. In Chris Voss's class in negotiation, I discovered incredible negotiation techniques that I had never even heard of. They've helped me in business and in life, and things like mirroring and labeling, as well as tactical empathy. Chris's class has helped me to strategize on how I approach life's many tough situations. And even though I've read Chris's book and interviewed him on The Kara Golden Show, I still found a ton of new value from taking his class. The best part about classes on Masterclass is that I always get more practical takeaways than I had ever expected and ones that I can apply to life and work. There's 10-minute segments too, so I can binge quick and easy from my phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, and even on audio mode as I'm out doing one of my many hikes that I do. They've made it super, super easy, those master class people, and uh, I couldn't be happier. So how much would it cost to take a one-on-one class from the world's best? A lot. But with a Masterclass annual membership, it's just $10 a month. Unlimited access to every class, every instructor, thousands of online classes in 11 categories for just $10 a month. And let me tell you, it has paid for itself tenfold already for me. Working with Masterclass is really a no-brainer. Plus, with the special Masterclasses offer, it's really easy to make the decision to give Masterclass a try. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash Kara. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash Kara. Masterclass.com slash Kara. So if you had to name the hero product from your building of the company, the the product that has really been what you're known for, but also the one that has stayed consistently, the one that people talk about? Is, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Sue were the, my partners, were the jacket factory. Mm-hmm. They were the tailored, beautiful jacket factory. And we still are so focused on the beautiful tailoring and fit of our jackets. Um, you know, you could say we're known for the suit as well, because, you know, we do sell a lot of suits. We, we sell beautifully tailored product. Um, and, and ultimately our pant fit is a really important thing for our customers. They stand online to show me how that they're wearing it, how many colors they have it in. So, so I think that loyalty of product, even when we launch new products, they trust us. Consistency of fit. Mm-hmm. is from being a vertical company you know when when you're shopping online you want to know that 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 fit is there 
you know, so all the tricks of the trade are, are from, you know, experience for sure. Um, but it's also from staying, you know, true to what you started out as. It's never cheap enough. I learned that from traveling around the world. And although our clothes are, are not, I don't consider them, we're entry price point luxury. Um, but it's all about luxury. It's all about the finest and the best quality in, in, uh, the raw materials that we buy and and the money that we put into the tailoring of the clothes. And you can tell. I I mean the quality is just so there and you know not only in the the feel of the fabric but also the softness all of those things is just sure. unbelievable what you've what you've uh created. So the signature white shirt too. You didn't mention that. That's, that's um I mean that's definitely, right up there. Yeah. It's such an incredible <laughs> yeah. such an incredible piece to have in your closet for sure. So you guys recently launched a campaign with Maggie Glillen Gillenhall? Is that how you pronounce her? Um, yeah, Gillenhall. Gillenhall. Um, so I should know that. How did you guys decide to do that campaign? I'll give all that crediting to my PR and marketing team along with um, Emily. Emily's our designer. She likes sophisticated simplicity. Mm-hmm. So Maggie's our first brand ambassador. And she, wow, what a, what a home run. Yeah. She's such a pleasure to dress and for the team to work with. No, she it the ads that you've done are just beautiful too. So it's really really it's spot on. So the pandemic changed all businesses and uh I think now that so many businesses are hopefully coming out of that time period. I mean obviously it was a really challenging time for all for different reasons, but if you had to sum it up the experience overall, like what made you guys a better company and you a better leader having been through that? That's a, that's a great question, a great learning experience. Certainly nothing we ever predicted, although I definitely saw it coming because our factory was shut down and then our mill shut down, our shoe supplier shut down, and then it was like the tidal wave was here. Um, the learning the learning curves were, were survival. It, it was how do you come out of it a stronger company? You know, we, we literally had 77,000 garments canceled in one day. And you just never want to have that happen to you again. So putting more legs on the table became a really important uh, uh, experience. I remember being at work, because being in the Navy Yard, we were open. Mm-hmm. We turned our manufacturing into gowns for the hospitals. If you had a sewing machine and you were in the Navy Yard, you were asked to come in. Whether it was one machine or 200 machines, anyone who who was manufacturing apparel here grouped together and we helped the city and we were really proud of that. I wasn't sewing, so I was in my office and I cleaned out my, what, 22 years of history. All those charts, all those reports, all those history because I realized it didn't matter mm-hmm. what, you know, it was only what is the future going to be? How are we going to come out of it, build a better company, maybe smaller. And in our case, it is a smaller company, but, and how do I, I protect the factory? I mean, the, 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 the production immediately went from manufacturing 900,000 garments to 400,000 garments. Wow. So the, yeah, it wow. was, Wow. 
Okay. And uh, I think if, I, if someone would have told me to prepare for that, I, I, I don't think I would have been as strong as just knowing you had to prepare for it. You just had to figure it out. So um, we decided to go more luxury and put more work into the clothes, more hand done, you know, better, uh, even better product than before so that we could keep uh, the factory busier, but not by just sheer volume. Mm -hmm. You know, decisions could have been made to do a sub-brand at that point. You know, many, many apparel companies have more than one division or more than one brand, but I am a big believer in building one beautiful brand and not having the sub L148, Studio 148. Like, I, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to build one brand. It doesn't have to be the biggest brand in the world, but it's definitely an American luxury brand that I'm so proud of. So we survived it. We, we are much more direct to consumer. Pre-COVID, we were 70% wholesale, 30% direct to consumer. It is completely reversed. Hmm. Today, we are 30% wholesale and 70% direct to consumer. Wow. So we opened a lot more stores. We, we were able to get good um, leases uh, it, during that time because, you know, uh, it, people, not everyone survived it and opportunities became available. And, you know, we have some beautiful stores that we've opened. So, um, you know, they're ramping, but they take time to ramp. So, um, I, I'm really happy with where we've went. I didn't go downstream just to protect the volume instead, you know, the partners, the, my executive team, which is, it's all about your head of design. She's amazing. My executive team, all supporting the company and, and my decisions and my partners. So, you know, you put all that together, I, you know, I consider them the dream team. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm so happy to hear that. Your business was humming, but now you're seeing it falling short on what's needed. Your team that has shown up and outperformed through all the chaotic twists and turns over the past couple of years, they all seem buried in too much manual work and taking forever to close the books. But having one single source of truth would be the dream, yet it seems so difficult to even imagine. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 36,025, 36,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs. That's key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk get reliable forecasts, and improve those margins. Everything you need all in one place. I can tell you firsthand that when we made the switch at Hint to NetSuite, so much angst was alleviated. Our business just got better and our team was achieving what they needed to. Having key metrics finally available in one place allowed us to run the business better and easier. 
And by doing that, we were able to spend more time as a team thinking through and executing on growth for Hint. And what CEO wouldn't want that to happen? NetSuite is everything you need, all in one place for your business finances, inventory, HR, D2C, and more. Working with NetSuite is really a no-brainer. Plus, with NetSuite's unprecedented offer, it's really easy to make the decision to give NetSuite a try. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Kara. That's netsuite.com slash Kara to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Kara. So knowing what you know today about being an entrepreneur and a fashion entrepreneur, like what advice would you give to people just starting out? Uh, Like maybe something that you didn't focus on, but Sure. Boy, do do you wish you would have early on because you had to play catch up? Absolutely. It's a great question, Kara. And I don't, you know, besides I do believe that you should work for other people first. Mm -hmm. And you should certainly, when you go into business, know who your competition is. Even if that competition changes over time, you still have to have competition, right? And you have to understand, like I shop all the time. Who are my competitors today? We're not who my competitors were back when I started the company. So this constant evolving your business and not taking it for granted is, is, is really important. But the one area that I didn't have experience at, so I didn't focus on was marketing. You know, marketing was, was, you know, I know some fashion companies spend three, five percent on marketing. I know others can spend 15, 20 percent on marketing. You know, I didn't focus so much on the percentage of marketing. We focused on the product. Um, I think they both work. Mm-hmm. You know, Liz Claiborne was product. Donna Karen was product and marketing, both very successful from my experience. Um, the Europeans, same thing, you know, the, they were product and marketing. So if I had to do it again, I would have focused more on marketing. But since we're, you know, still at it, a move like Maggie Gyllenhaal was, was, was a move into marketing. So we're, uh, you know, we're focusing on that as well as the product. So you got to do everything good today. I totally agree. I think it's, it's interesting. I remember the early days of Hint when we got Hint on the shelf and I found out that uh, somebody had actually bought the product. It's like, wait, they're buying it. That it almost happened too fast, right? It's and sure. and I can imagine, you know, you guys are trying to create a company and a quality product, and and uh, so things like marketing. I've also asked that question to people. Things like keeping their books uh, and records all straight, because some people run into that problem. They've had a great product, sure. but. There's all kinds of things on the back end, too, that are really important sure. to be able to have. And, you know, branding is another one. Like, you know, we d- we had originally opened, I've, I don't know if I mentioned this, five stores in 1996 when we started the company. Mm-hmm. We were going to go that vertical. And then we closed five stores by 1997. Like mm-hmm. within the first year of business, we figured out we don't have a brand. We can't do that. So we went wholesale. And wholesale is wonderful, but it's, it's not complete control over your brand. Mm-hmm. So someone asked me back in the nineties, if I'd ever go back into retail, I would have said no, 
today I can tell you never say never. Yeah. Because you never know. Right. I, I love our stores. Our store, people walk in and they're like, wow, is everything in here last yet? You know, because this is where you get to showcase what your vision is, what your brand is. So, you know, th- those are a few things. I, I think opening a flagship store that lets everyone know who you are and then building on that is, is something we probably could have done sooner than later. I love that. So when do you know that a business is successful? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I still don't feel I'm successful. I'm always a little worried. But when people like, just like you, when pe- yeah. when your customers tell you, mm-hmm. when they can't wait to show you, you know, when people say to me, oh, so how long have you been with Lafayette? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm the founder. Oh my God. You know, and they just, they're so happy to tell you, you know, that black dress? I'm like, God, there must be a thousand of them by now. But I, you know, I just, I, love how excited people are about the brand. And that is the biggest um, high for me. Yeah. But I still, you know, you still success is, is, is something I think you just constantly want to evolve as well. You know, the second you think you're successful, you might not be. So uh, I think living a little bit on, you know, what, you know, what's next is really important. You know, I think for us, uh, you know, our, the most important things for this company are kindness, intelligence, and integrity. Um, I wouldn't trade them for, for anything. I wanted to build a company that I wanted to work at and in a culture that was important to me. Um, it's a tough industry. Um, not every, I worked in plenty of places, not just the ones you named, but others that, you know, we're, we're driver seventh Avenue mm-hmm. and there's times I've told, some of my young employees, you should go, you should, you should go over there because it's a great experience. And one of my favorite stories is one young girl left and said, I couldn't believe the CEO would tell us, okay, to leave the company and go work in 7th Avenue. She came back and said, I'm never leaving again. Okay. Wow. And I'm like, it happened to me. It's good experience. Yeah. Work for others first. No, absolutely. I remember in the early days I worked uh, for CNN and Ted Turner had a saying that never stop people from leaving, uh, that mm-hmm. you should let them go and fly and, uh, and you know, that that is, you should be excited that they were able to give what they gave to your company, sure. but he would never try and prevent somebody from actually leaving. Uh, he would, uh, That's great advice. no, Exactly, because he said people have thought about it a lot longer than uh, than you've realized it, right? They'll tell you after they've had it sitting and incubating inside for a long time. And typically his, his view was that if you tried to save somebody uh, and maybe you paid them more money or gave them a different title, chances are they would actually be leaving uh, soon enough anyway. So always let them go. If they've actually, well, yeah, which I, I still think about a lot as I've uh, managed our company over the years too. So when you close your eyes and you think about the brand that you've built, I always love this question because I think that so often you're not able to sort of talk about the things that you're most proud of, that you've been able to, you know, really grow, right? A consumer might say, oh, that black dress or... um you know, sure. the vertical integration is an, another thing. You've done a lot of things, but 
the the ability for a CEO to actually go and talk about things that they're most proud of. Uh, what what is it? Um, I would say it is the team that I've built. You know, I have people that have been with the company twenty seven years, twenty six years. 25 years. Like, you know, this is, and it's not just them, it's their families. You know, I, it's, it's, it's they, that they count on you and that drives you mm-hmm. or drives me. Um, I think one of the hardest moments I've had was losing my business partner. Um, I lost him July of 2013. And uh, my proudest moment is to continue to his legacy in his honor. You know, he was such a beautiful man. Um, his wife is, you know, still running the factory. She's incredible. We still have our school uh, with 350 children for 12 years now. That was his vision of leaving a legacy. I think his legacy was much more um, the school than even the company. Um, but, you know, you, when you get a chance, I, you know, we, they, do say this, and I agree with it. When you get a chance to build something, you also protect it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I do see my role in the company today as, you know, fashion is a young industry. Let the next generation grow. Let the, the leaders at my point in, in our careers be mentors and to teach them. You know, I'm on the board of FIT, so going over there and seeing the next, next generation uh, uh, and education into the industry, making a difference. I've got um, a fashion institute. We gave them an innovation center hmm. inside the Navy Yard on one of our, we have two, we have a floor and a half here. It's funny, we're on the 14th floor. I needed another half a floor. So the yard offered eight. So it's one, four, eight, wherever I go. So there, the innovation center is down on the eighth floor and it's wonderful for the school and it's wonderful for the company because we can be an incubator for them. So those are, those are some of my proudest moments. I love that. So what is the best advice? This is the last question. So best advice that you've ever received about, uh, maybe you think about during those challenging times that you think I can do this. Somebody I never met, I could say is Winston Churchill. Never, never, never give up. I mean, that is just, you know, I look at athletes. I look at Special Olympics. I I look at what people are able to do. You know, don't feel sorry for yourself. Just get on with it, you know. And I think it's it's the lessons you learn and how you get up and get, you know, get back into the game are, are, are what it takes. And really hard work. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing glamorous about it looks beautiful on the outside. It is really hard work. Uh, it is a commitment, just like a, a, an athlete is committed to, you know, the Olympics. I, I really believe that. I totally agree as well. Well, thank you so much for all of your wisdom. Everyone needs to go to Lafayette 148 New York and uh, not just, uh, the brand, the physical stores, but also online. And thank you so much for creating what you did and uh, just such a beautiful story. It means a lot coming from you, Kara, because I really admire what you've built as well. So thank you for thinking of me. It's, it's, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. 
just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.